0: Second Peter chapter 2 But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness they shall feign words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that should after live ungodly, delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust into the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise government, Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Greetings friends, welcome back to the broadcast, I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com, that's where you go to find the archives, that's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Sodom and Gomorrah as an example. And, you know that verse there in Second Peter, talking about Lot, that righteous man dwelling among them. And seeing and hearing it vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. If you're, if you're living in the Western world... And I say Western world because that's the world I live in. And you see the perversities. And the filth. I mean, we're in a world now where they're trying as hard as they can to normalize pedophilia. And Christians just keep lining up to feed the beast money, right? They just, they just continue to go to these places, these organizations... They continue to spend their vacations in places that openly and unapologetically push normalization and grooming, or normalization of pedophilia and grooming of children. Women march in the streets for their right to execute the baby in the womb. men in dresses with clown makeup on go to libraries to read to children about sex it's it's filth is what what we're witnessing at the maybe the largest level ever seen in human history The difference between us and Sodom and Gomorrah is, number one, I don't think that they were... Sodom and Gomorrah was evil, right? They had the sexual perversions. The sexual immorality, and they also had cruelty. Uh, There's a lot of ancient documents that talk about Sodom and how the judges would rule in favor of the criminals. But... Our civilization has taken taken the perversions to an unheard- of, unthinkable, unthought-of level to the point now where it's where children are the victim of it. Children's genitals are mutilated, and their parents take their three-year-olds and their five-year-olds to have their genitals mutilated and convince them that they're the wrong gender. I don't think Sodom was doing the evil that we're seeing in the Western world. And even if they were, did they have the gospel? Did they have a church on every corner? Did they have the greatest access to God's word and God's truth? Because that's what we have. There's never been a generation in the history of humanity with access to God's word at the level that we have. Not even cl- it's not even close. So, when I think about the punishment of Sodom and Gomorrah and how they are an example according to the scriptures to those who should live ungodly, I'm sorry, but what we deserve is far worse. Because not only are we doing just as evil, if not more evil, and I would argue more evil, we have less excuse. I'm going to read a few scriptures today. But I'm going to start with Ezekiel. I'm actually going to read from chapter 16. I'm going to start with verse 20. This is a this is God's words to Jerusalem who had become a harlot. So I'm going to start reading with verse 20. We're going to look at the crimes of Jerusalem. And there's some conversation here about that about Jerusalem at that time which ended up going into the captivity Babylonian captivity and compared to Sodom and Gomorrah so let's have a look and by the way we can there's so many scriptures that you, that talk about Sodom and Gomorrah and use it as a comparison for other nations and other people groups that act evil that I can't even cover them all today there's there's many but we're going to cover a handful. Let's start with verse 20, Ezekiel chapter 16. God's going over all kind of the crimes and stuff. Verse 20 says, Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne unto me, and thou and these hast thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. Is this of thy whoredoms a small matter that thou hast slain my children and delivered them to cause them to pass through the fire for them. So God's saying, you're like the pagans, you're sacrificing your children. And God says to Jerusalem, do you think that this is a small matter to me? Do you think that I don't care about this? You think I'm just turning a blind eye because you, you still haven't been destroyed yet? And in all thy abominations and thy whoredoms, thou hast not remembered the days of thy youth, when thou wast naked and bare, and wast polluted in thy blood. And it came to pass, after thy wickedness, woe, 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 unto thee, saith the Lord God. That thou hast also built unto thee an imminent place, and hast made thee a high place in every street. Thou hast built thy high place at every head of the way. And hast made thy beauty to be abhorred, and hast opened thy feet to every one that passed by and multiplied thy whoredoms. Thou hast committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, great of flesh, and hast increased thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore I have stretched out my hand over thee, and have diminished thy ordinary food and delivered thee unto the will of them that hate thee, of the daughters of the Philistines, which are ashamed of thy lewd way. Thou hast played the whore also with the Assyrians, because thou wast unstable. Yea, thou hast played the harlot with them. And yet couldst not be satisfied. Thou hast moreover multiplied thy fornication in the land of Canaan unto the Chaldea, and yet thou wast not satisfied herewith. How weak is thy heart, saith the Lord God, seeing thou dost all these things, the work of an imperious, whorish woman. And that thou buildest thy eminent place in the head of every way, and makest thy high place in every street, and hast not been as a harlot in thou scorned hire, but as a wife that committeth adultery, which taketh take strangers instead of her husband. He's saying, you've played a whore with all these other countries, going after strange God and all those things, but it's not like you're a prostitute. No, it's worse. In my mind, God says, you're like a wife who's just out sleeping with strangers instead of her own husband. They give gifts to all whores, but thou givest thy gifts to all lovers and hirest them, that they may come unto thee every side for thy whoredoms, and the contrary is in thee from other women and the whoredoms where are none followeth thee to commit whoredoms, and in that giveth a reward, and no reward is given unto thee, therefore thou art contrary. Wherefore O harlot, hear the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord God, because thy filthiness was poured out and thy nakedness discovered through thy whoredoms, and with thy lovers, and with all the idols and abominations, and by the blood of the children which thou didst give unto them. Behold, therefore, I will gather all thy lovers, with whom thou hast taken pleasure, and all them that hast loved, and with them that thou hast hated, and I will even gather them round about against thee, and I will discover thy nakedness unto them, that they may see thy nakedness." And I will judge thee as a woman that break wedlock and shed blood are judged, and I will give thee blood in fury and jealousy. And I will also give thee unto their hand, and they shall throw down thy imminent place, and shall break down thy high places. They shall strip thee also of thy clothes, and shall take thy fair jewels, and leave thee naked and bare. Okay, I'm going to skip a little bit here so that we can get into the point of while I'm even reading from Ezekiel 16 today. We're going to go to starting at verse 48. I just wanted to give a little bit of context of what the issue was. Let's get to four, verse 48. He says, As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done she nor her her daughters as thou hast done thou and thy daughters so God's saying to Jerusalem he's he's spending a lot of time going over all the filth that they've done what they're doing to their children of course the idolatry because they're supposed to be his people and he says Sodom Didn't even do the evil things that you're doing. Like fire and brimstone rained down upon them and destroyed them for their wickedness. And they weren't as wicked as you are. And you're supposed to be my people. Verse 49. Behold, this was the inquiry of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her. And in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor or the needy. Again. They Sodom kind of oppressed the poor and the needy. Um, she had fullness of bread, meaning she had plenty. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not much different than the Western world. An abundance of everything, yet the poor are oppressed. This is the, an abundance of her idleness. Idleness is a real thing. Was in her and her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Verse 50 And they were haughty and committed abominations before me, therefore I took away as I saw good. So he just kind of listed their crimes. Neither has Samaria committed half of thy sins, but thou hast multiplied thy abominations more than they, and hast justified thy sisters in all thy abominations which thou hast done. Thou also, which thou hast judged thy sisters, bear thy own shame for thy sins that thou hast committed, more abominable than they. They are more righteous than thou. Yea, be thou confided also, and bear thy shame, in that thou hast justified thy sisters. When I shall bring again their captivity, the captivity of Sodom and her daughters, and the captivity of Samaria and her daughters, then will I bring again the captivity of thy captives. In the midst of them. That thou mayest bear thy own shame. And mayest be confounded at all that thou hast done. And that thou art a comfort unto them. When thy sisters Sodom and her daughters shall return to their former state. And Samaria and her daughters shall return to their former state. Then thy daughters shall return to your former state. For thy sister Sodom was not mentioned by thy mouth in the day of thy pride before thy wickedness was discovered. And at the time of thy reproach of the daughters of Syria and all that are round about her, the daughters of the Philistines which despise thee round about. I think we get the point from Ezekiel. God's saying, "Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom, Sodom wasn't even as wicked as what you've become." Now I want to go to Matthew chapter ten. Christ is sending out his disciples, and he's given them instructions to go out and heal and uh, and all of that. And he gives some instructions about those who will reject this message. So if we start with verse 7, Matthew chapter 10, he says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold or silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever, Shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that city. Shake off the dust of your feet. And verily I say unto you. It shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Why is that? Why is it going to be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on judgment day than for for that city? It's because Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have people coming and preaching the gospel to them. Do you see how... uh, I hope that, um, that the point I'm trying to make is starting to come across. We're doing more wicked than Sodom and Gomorrah. Or at least as wicked. But with less excuse. We didn't have the light... I mean, I'm sorry. They didn't have the light of the gospel. They didn't have access to God's word. They didn't have people preaching God's word. They had one righteous man in the whole place, lot. Let's go to Matthew 11. Chapter 16 through 24. Jesus is talking to that very generation of people. But where shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and you have not danced, and we have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. Jesus saying you guys are without excuse like you've been told you've been warned you've had all the benefits that Sodom and Gomorrah did not get verse 18 for John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he hath a devil and the son of man came eating and drinking and they say behold a man gluttonous and a winebibber and a friend of publicans and sinners but wisdom is justified of her children then began to unbraid the cities, wherein most of the mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsidia. For if those mighty works, which had been done in you, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and Ashes. You see what he's getting at? He's saying... If those cities that were destroyed alongside Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah. As we'll see here in a second. Like if, if the same. If they had received the same benefits and miracles. and They would have repented. But I say unto you. It shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. We are without excuse. And there's days, and I think, and obviously today is one of them, where I just reach a point where I'm just like, I can't believe this. I can't believe how filthy this, 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 this. just like in the last 20, like when I was growing up, the things that... No one would have been able to get away with pushing these things. No one would have been able to get away with with this level of... It would have been unfathomable, unthinkable. And now it's just commonplace. I can't imagine that there won't be consequences for all of this. And when I say consequences, I mean grave, awful consequences. And it would be just. It's unjust if there isn't. I mean, how can God do what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah and then allow this generation today to continue in this, on this path of complete and utter wickedness? I guess the last thing is just a reminder to the righteous. When Peter's going on about how Sodom and Gomorrah were turned into ashes and were condemned with an overthrow, he, re- he talks about Lot. He says, And delivered just Lot, who was vexed with the filthy... Conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds he's making a point here and he finalizes that point here in verse 9 the Lord know how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to preserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished he's saying even though Sodom and Gomorrah was burnt to ash the righteous was still delivered god knows how to send severe just judgment and still preserve his own so you can rest in that confidence and rest in that peace but you better make sure you're in the right relationship with christ Make sure you do know him and that you're, you just haven't, you're just not playing Christian, pretending, going through the motions that you actually are in the faith. Normally I start our week with wisdom and encouragement, but I just, man, I'm just, I'm just sick of this. And we just have no excuse. And I'm just tired of this nonsense being pushed on our children, and this evil. And I can't help but but pray that God would do something. And when I look at the scriptures, that something historically has been judgment of the severest kind. Come quickly, Lord Jesus! Come quickly! Rescue us from this madness. I really, truly believe it when I say that there's only, I can only foresee two possibilities. Either the greatest judgment the world has ever seen is coming, or the greatest revival the world has ever seen is coming. But either way, something's coming. Thank you for listening this morning. Thank you for supporting this work. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.